Joining us as he does every Monday. But I can keep a decent clock at this time. Is Jason Wildey of Wildey and Tausch across ESPN Wisconsin. You can hear him on Wildey and Tausch 9 to noon. I'm Ben Bruss alongside Kyle Wallace, Brad Nortman. We are Kyle Bruss and Nortman. Jason, one of the bigger takeaways that I have from the Super Bowl in looking at the Green Bay Packers is when I watched both the Chiefs D-line and the Niners D-line, it just made me think, and I'd be curious, when is the last time the Packers had like a really dominant position group? Hmm. Well, hi, guys. Uh, I would... Uh, a position group in general or like a front group like those two teams have. I mean, like because linebackers, cornerback and safeties, like front four. Okay, Ben, I just wanted to know if you wanted the defense line specifically or, or a variety of position groups. First of all, I would say that their outside linebacker group or their front four in 2019 when they were mm-hmm. toward the top in sacks and both of the Smith brothers were going and playing really well, uh, I would say then. I would say that their corner group, when both Jair Alexander and Rasul Douglas in 2021 were on top of their games. Now, obviously, uh, Jair ended up missing a bunch of time with that shoulder injury that year, which is what led them to get Rasul Douglas. But if you look at their defense last year, uh, in Joe Barry's second year, even though they didn't make the playoffs, we felt pretty good about their corner group, especially uh, before – uh, the, the season-ending injury in, in Detroit to Eric Stokes. So, I mean, they've had some really good groups on defense. Now, you know, I'm not a huge believer uh, in the inside linebacker group right now. Uh, I still think they're going to probably move on from Devondre Campbell, but maybe not. But I was expecting a big jump from Quay Walker this year. I didn't get it. So, on defense... I think they've got some decisions to make an inside linebacker. They've got now all those edge rushers are now uh, defensive ends. Mm -hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the defensive line group comes together. And then, you know, they're, they're wide open at safety. They've got two guys under contract right now. So that's not a great situation either. Jason, I said today that, you know, reflecting on the season after watching the Super Bowl, the Packers went exactly as far as they should have this year with a divisional round loss. Even though it was kind of a heartbreaking loss, they had a lot of flaws that you just knew were going to bite them somewhere along the way. So I said, this is exactly as far as they should have went. What what do you say to that? Do you agree or disagree? I say say that's an incredibly uh, reasonable take, which makes it extremely controversial. Uh, there's a lot of Packers fans that uh, really believe that they could have won the Super Bowl. And, and look, they could have, but here's the thing, and, and you know this from having played in the league. It, it takes so many things for you. You, you played in the Super Bowl, right? And, and the idea, you went to an AFC championship game with the Jaguars, right? Like, That's right. To, to get to those points in the season – all the teams are varying degrees of good. Mike McCarthy used to have this thing that there are three types of NFL players because they're all good. There's good players. There's good players who are capable of great moments. And then there are great players. And my point is, is that, yeah, the Packers could have been playing yesterday. They would have had to play mistake-free football largely, right? I mean, 
the mistakes that they made against the 49ers that ensured that they were not playing yesterday, two dropped interceptions, a missed field goal at a critical moment, an interception with a chance to go drive and take the lead or tie the game. Those are all the kinds of mistakes that you have to avoid, especially in critical moments, when you want to advance to a Super Bowl. Now, you look at yesterday, Christian McCaffrey lost the fumble. Isaiah Pacheco lost the fumble. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. So those are moments that were earlier in the game, still critical, don't get me wrong, but plenty of time to recover from them and recover from them the Chiefs did, right? And so I just don't – I look at the Packers and say they earned everything they got, both good and bad that their season ended when it did. And it sets the table magnificently for them next year. They obviously – everybody, including the – San Francisco 49ers have to start over, as Tausch likes to say, at the bottom of Mount Everest. And we'll have to wait and see if the Packers can put together the same kind of journey that they put together this year, or a better one, which, you know, they went 9-8. and eight. I think reasonable people can pick them to go 11-6 and six or something like that. But again, there's a lot, of th- a lot of variables. And I think you're exactly right, but don't let Tausch hear me say that because uh, he spent a lot of time believing that they should have been playing yesterday. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Kyle. Yeah, hey, buddy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Good talking to you again. And you were just talking about climbing Mount Everest. What exactly do you think the Packers need to do? What are the next steps in order for the Packers to have the pieces they need to fully climb Mount Everest? Because I am in the the space of thinking that the Packers are a legitimate Super Bowl threat for next year. But please tell me, what is the next step the Packers need to take? to climb Mount Everest. So they are, but I thought it was interesting. I got, uh, I got some futures lines that I had sent to me today yeah, for next Shakira. year's Super Bowl. I thought you were talking about the rapper yeah. future. I was going to say, oh, what lyrics do you have from future? <laughs> uh, the Lions no, were 7-1, to one, Jason. The Packers were 16-1, to one, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the Cowboys are 18-1. to one. The Eagles are 18-1. to one. I'm just doing NFC. Obviously, the 49ers are 6-1, to one, so they're the favorite in the uh, NFC. But, again, that's a team that, A, has to recover from a Super Bowl disappointment, and, B, is, is not getting any younger, whereas the Packers are mm-hmm. in a really good spot in terms of having a bunch of young guys who got a ton of experience and now should benefit from that next year. So, look, there, there, there are seven teams that make the NFC and AFC playoffs each. Uh, only one gets a bye. Uh, that is not a guarantee that you will make the Super Bowl. The 49ers did. The Baltimore Ravens didn't. But the Packers are most clearly in that mix. They're the, they're, they've got the third best odds in the NFC, right? I mean, that may, that tells you right there that we all think that they're both we and the folks that set those types of lines believe that they are a contender. But, again, my, my the challenge here is not – I don't think there's any debate that they're a Super Bowl contender. The debate is when the games are on the line and the most critical moments come upon them, are they going to be up to the task or not? And we won't know until they're in that situation because let's be honest, we have just, you know, especially for you, Kyle, as a diehard Packers fan, we have gone through a very lengthy Super Bowl birth drought while having one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history playing the position. And if you want to add that to that Brett Favre, after Super Bowl 32, that's an awfully long drought. Yes, it is. And, and so, Jason, with all that being said, like 
Goody obviously drafted Love, and that makes up for the 2020 draft in a lot of people's eyes. But there's also been a lot of misses even up to that. You can argue 2022 was good. Last year was obviously good. What, like, again, like, what would you focus on if you're Goody through draft and free? Like, how do you prioritize which guys we need to pick up in free agency versus this guy's in the draft? Like, do you just go with the board or like, how does Goody, do you think Goody will go about the team building process? Cause it's again, like you just mentioned it. You had Aaron Rodgers. This team has some holes. They have talent offensively, but I'm watching last games. Two defenses play really, really well. The special teams be bad the last couple years. Like, do we trust Goody to be able to put those parts together? Well, he's done a pretty good job, right? I mean, look, I would, I think the jury is very much still out on the 2022 draft. I mean, I, I, I don't think – I haven't seen anything from Devontae Wyatt that would tell me, boy, this guy's really good. He's going to be a difference maker. He's going to be a field-tilting player for these guys moving forward. Uh, I haven't se- – I, I expected Quay Walker to make a very meaningful jump uh, and I, I did not see that occur, right? And so, you know, Watson has dealt with the hamstring issues, so we don't know what he is. Sean Ryan looks like he's being penciled in as the starting right guard, and they're going to let um, they're going to let uh, Runyon leave. I was I, I hate Sean Ryan. John Runyon always gets me tripped up. Uh, they hit on Zach Tom. I think everyone likes Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Enigbare was really in a good spot before his injury, right? So there's a lot of really good football players there. Where does Quay the fit side, in a four three? Sorry, real quick. Uh, he'll be the ins- he'll be the middle linebacker, I would think. Um, maybe they put him outside um, and have him get to get to the edges. But he's look, he's a really good athlete. He runs like the wind. He's got great size. Uh, I'm eager to see if he puts it together. Because I thought this was the year he was going to put it together, and and he had the pick in the first game, the pick six, and then he never really went much further than that last season. So, look, they've they've got a really good rookie class that we're expecting to make a huge year two jump. Both the GM and the coach are putting the pressure on those guys to make a big jump and not just be uh, happy with what they were able to do as rookies. But you go back to the 21 draft, that's the group that's going to be free agents. And I look at that list, Eric Stokes, who knows what he is. Josh Myers improved during the second half of last season. But do we think that he's playing in his last year and they'll replace him? Probably. That's what I think. Oh, Amari no. Rogers is gone. Royce Newman isn't on the team, is, is probably not going to be back next year, I would think. I would think that they would draft multiple offensive linemen and he would be the one who'd be in danger. TJ Slayton has been inconsistent like many defensive linemen are. Shamar John Charles is gone. Cole Van Lannan is gone. Kylan Hill is gone. And they've got Isaiah McDuffie, who could be an option at one of the linebacker spots. So the last three drafts, everyone's very excited about last year, and rightfully so. But I'm not sure that there's been that many home runs at 22 and 21. And you mentioned 20 with Jordan Love and John Runyon. But that's about it out of that draft that you've got to show for it. And when John Runyon leaves in free agency, you don't have him to show for it either. I'm guessing they're not going to bring back Josiah DeGuara. So they've got their work cut out for them. Goody's got to be – I mean, the dream scenario is that Goody has the kind of draft on the defensive side of the ball 
that he had on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was, not nine, ten months ago. And if that happens, then they're in a really good spot. But that's a pretty big ask because drafts like they had on offense last year are not easy to pull off, but it looks like he did. Well, Jason, we appreciate you going through those draft classes with us. It will definitely be interesting to see how this shakes out. we got a lot to figure out in the next uh, six to eight months here. They do. We don't. We know that you, you've you got this under control, and Kyle's going to be all excited, and Brad's going to be the voice of reason. Like We don't have anything to figure out. It's yes, sir. You sound like the out. texters right now. Uh, <laughs> literally spot on. We appreciate the time, Jason. All right, guys. Take care. Be good. 800-990-ESPN, 800-990-3776. React to Jason's comments there because I think there's something there, right? Like going through those draft classes, it's easy for Kyle to talk about and just get excited about names, but in terms of actual production, you're going to need them to hit on some defensive picks. They've used their first-round pick so many times on defense. Can they actually hit on a couple of those, and build upon that, especially safety position. lot to be figured out this offseason if they want to be Super Bowl contenders like Kyle thinks. All coming up next.